Tassie. We're providing work experience and training to people who face a range of barriers to employment, including you know, people who have been long-term unemployed or never had a job, uh, people who are living with disability, people who might have low levels of English language fluency. It may look like any other cafe, but Hamlet in Hobart is a little bit different. It's a social enterprise, an innovative breed of business that exists to create a fairer and more sustainable world. In this case, by offering training and employment opportunities to people who may otherwise be overlooked. And it's not the only one of its kind. In this episode, we'll learn about some of the organisations across the state that are striving to make a difference. I'm Britt Aylin, and this is I Heart Tassie. I Heart Tassie. Emily Briffer discovered social enterprise when she was living in Melbourne. My brother operated a social enterprise there called Kinfolk, where I I was involved with Kinfolk for a number of years, um, initially just helping out and then eventually uh, running the kitchen fair. She says she was drawn to the idea that people could enact social change while just going about their daily lives. You know, people were just doing something they were going to do anyway. They were buying a cup of coffee or going out for breakfast, but by boat. By doing that at Kinfolk, they were actually creating social change in their community. Um, and I just really loved that concept. I loved the idea that you could do sort of, I guess, business for good. In 2014, a job opportunity led her to Hobart. I, you know, had never, I'd, well, I'd actually been to Tasmania once before I moved here for three days to visit Mona and then did a job at a restaurant down here and decided, you know, that I'd give it a go. Um, and, yeah, fell in love with Tassie, as everybody does. As she immersed herself in the state, Emily became increasingly aware of homelessness and unemployment. But also working in the tourism and hospitality industry kept hearing about the skill shortage that existed um, and the need for staff. Um, and I really felt like a social enterprise could work to, I guess, deliver on those two um, issues and sort of create change. She started cold calling organisations that worked with people facing barriers to employment. Then just kept hearing this sort of same story from people needed a go. They needed, you know, someone to give them a shot so that they could get a reference on their resume um, and improve their chances of securing long-term employment outcomes. It was sort of seen like one of those vicious people were trying to get a job, but nobody would get them a job because they didn't have any reference on their resume or any experience, but then they couldn't get the experience because nobody would give them a go. And so Hamlet was born. So jumped into starting a, a, a social enterprise in Hobart, um, which was very exciting, probably, you know, being, I was in my early 20s back then, so a bit naive to what I was actually, you know, diving into, but very happy I did. <laughs> Hamlet's mission is to challenge and change the systems that prevent underrepresented Tasmanians from participating in work and community life. The cafe delivers targeted training and work readiness support to people facing barriers to employment with a focus on people living with a disability, to improve their chances of securing future jobs, build independence and enhance connection to their community. The nature of Hamlet is that the individuals you're working with are ever-changing and everybody has a different story and I guess part of working at Hamlet is that you do learn about the stories of the participants that we're working with, you do build relationships and connection to them and I guess there's that element of 
wanting to support them in their journey um, at Hamlet but also in their life. Emily says the training programs are individualised to meet the unique needs of each participant. If you can imagine we have participants engaging with the training who have all sorts of different backgrounds and may have sort of different needs in terms of the support they're requiring on shift. And towards the end of their time at Hamlet, the organisation works with participants to craft a resume and start the job search process. And then we'll also do some work with them. If we, We've been doing a lot of work over the last 12 months to build employment pipeline relationships, so with some larger-scale employment, um, tourism and hospitality businesses, um, potential employers, um, so that we can actually have a pipeline of employment for participants who are graduating from the program who might be suitable for roles in different venues. Um, earlier this year, we secured four employment outcomes for graduates at Mona, um, and we've also been um, piloting a program, doing a bit of a pilot project with Banjos. Um, we've just recently secured an opportunity or two opportunities for participants at a couple of school canteens, which is really exciting. In the last financial year, more than 45% of Hamlet graduates had found employment in the tourism and hospitality industry. Emily says it's great to see more workplaces embracing disabled and other marginalised staff members, but that there's still a long way to go. There needs to be a bit of a shift about the way we look at employing staff. I think, um, you know... As a general rule, people sort of have this um, idea of the ideal employee in their in their minds, you know, that the employer will be able to do all these things. And often it's actually about thinking about, like, what are the roles that you need an individual to be able to do? Like, is there an ability, instead of looking to employ one full-time person 38 hours a week, could we split that up and have three people doing that role, us at that role, really, really well? Um so that we can make sure that the, the operation of the business is efficient and you know our staff are supported to do that role really well. Coming up in this episode of I Heart Tassie, we'll head to the north of the state, where a hotel lets you choose where its profits go. I Heart Tassie. I Heart Tassie. Change Overnight calls itself Australia's first social enterprise hotel. Located in a converted warehouse in central Launceston, the 18-room boutique hotel allows guests the opportunity to choose from nine specially selected charities, with the profits from each stay passed on to a good cause. Toby Wilkin is one of the business owners. In, it must have been around 2018 where a friend of mine, Sam Habley, who's also a, a local guy um, and co-owner of Change, um, him and I were chatting about... Um, just sort of like how to make a difference in the world and um, and what sort of businesses, uh, you know, are sort of leading that, that charge. And social enterprise is something that we've been talking about for a long time. He says he wanted to help people understand the purpose of giving back. And also just, I suppose, shining a light on different charities and what they do and how they work so people can then make a, a decision themselves. The hotel supports an ever-changing roster of both local and international charities. We like to try and um, introduce some new charities every year um, and we might put some other ones on hold and then we'll come back to them later and things like that just to sort of like cycle it around and uh, and also just give people exposure to, to different charities to 
to get an idea of what they're about. Right now, there are nine for guests to choose from, three of which are based in Tasmania. Uh, so at the moment, we've got um, Jude's Village, which is a, uh, another social enterprise that's based in Launceston. Um, they help young people through unemployment and help them with you know, belonging and that sort of stuff. Jude's is run through the Telrace Community Church and has a public cafe, among other programs. Its aim is to end the mental health crisis among local youth. JCP Empowering Youth, which is um, headed by Will Smith here in Launceston, a great social um, youth programs for, uh, for, for troubled and, and young kids at, at risk and, and vulnerable. I know that uh, Will's, Will, the, the owner there, is going through a few health battles and, and he, the work that he does in Tasmania is just second to none. So I really wish Will um, all the best with his recovery. And, uh, and yeah, the whole JCP team, they're, they're just an amazing social enterprise. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. The third local charity is the Tasmanian Land Conservancy. So they, um, they lock up um, land. Uh, they're a not-for-profit based in Tasmania, and their, their, their whole um, reason to be here is to try and um, purchase land around national parks to protect it. So how does it work? It's fairly basic in nature, but and the way that we structured it was so that we wanted to show um, what you were doing. And so each time someone stays at the hotel and they book a room, um, they book the room and it's it's at a you know a normal rate that any other hotel would be booked at for you know for its specification and location and that kind of stuff. When guests make a booking, they receive an email with a short questionnaire. Then ask them which charity they'd like to support while they're there, and it has a little um, a bit of a spiel about each charity, um, and they can look into each of the one you know each of the different ones to get an understanding. And it's it's really it's just a selection box, and so they select that box, um, and then when they get to the hotel, there's also information about each charity in um, in the compendium that, that comes in each room, um, so they can then learn a little more about it. Each room rate includes a nominal amount for the guest's selected charity. And so, for example, um, uh, with the Kids Breakfasts, um, which is one of the charities that supports children you know, to, that are underprivileged to, to get breakfast, you... you, um, you for one night stay, you get a hundred breakfasts for that stay. So we sort of tried to tie everything back to a um, a tangible thing that that happens as as a cause of their stay. So um, Kids Helpline, for example, each stay um, when we had Kids Helpline on on our um, charity list, it was um, it would answer the phone to one troubled youth every stay would. And so we don't really talk about the amount of money, but more so about what tangible effect that it actually has. After a somewhat rocky start, Toby says Change Overnight has developed a regular clientele. We were pretty unfortunate with our timing of opening the hotel. We, um, we opened it in five, five months, it was, five months later, COVID hit. Oh, no. And we were forced to, um, to, to really sort of redirect for a certain period of time um, to, you know, to, to make it all happen. And he and Sam plan to expand its presence and open up more locations in the future.
So as social enterprises continue to pop up all over the state, the next time you grab a coffee, pick up some takeaway or book a hotel room, you might just be doing more for social change than you initially thought. Because people, um, you know, try try the hotel out, they realise that there's a bit more to it than just a, than just a hotel room and, um, and that's been really nice. And that's it for this week's episode of iHeart Tassie. I'll join you again next time, but until then, you can subscribe to the series on the iHeart app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And feel free to leave a rating or review while you're there. I'm Britt Aylin. Thanks for your company. iHeart Tassie. 